the voice of one crying the wilderness prepare the way of the lord make straight in the desert a highway for our god the voice of one crying the wilderness prepare the way of the lord make straight in the desert a highway for our god the voice of one Honor should be exercised upon us, mold us, shape us, adjust us, walk in us, that which is your flesh. that understand and mouth to speak clearly. Give understanding to your children concerning your desires. Only your desires. Thank you. Amen. You may have your seats. You're welcome to Wednesday's Bible study. 
I would like for us to, as usual, come with questions in your heart and um, seek understanding. Scripture says, wisdom is the principal thing. And in all you're getting, get understanding. That's what the scriptures hold. <clears throat> it is the primary pursuit of every wise person to seek wisdom and understanding. Many people don't seem to understand what that means, so they just settle for anything. Don't settle for anything. Only settle for what is good. Settle for what is good. The best thing you can get is the wisdom of God. If you settle for God's wisdom, you will get what is good. I hope this is clear. If you contend with God's wisdom and settle for less, the question is who is offered 10,000 naira? And says, no, just give me one. Nobody does that. God's best is his wisdom. God's best is his wisdom. His greatest offer to us that we understand. He said to his disciples, it is given to you to understand the mysteries of the kingdom. It is not given to them. He didn't say it's given to you to have money. Because money is not the thing that's to be esteemed the most. He didn't say it's given to you to have beauty. He didn't say it's given to you to have pain. He said it's given to you to have to understand the mysteries in Matthew chapter 13. So the most important thing, the most outstanding thing they could have was understanding. Therefore, he gave it to them. Like, you, you are chosen. He, he pointed out, he said, many wise men and prophets, righteous men, have sought to know these things and could not know it because he wasn't given to them. He wasn't given to them to know those things. May we understand this. May you understand what is priority in God's eyes. May you understand what God thinks is really, really important. May we not be as those that are blind and deaf who do not understand what is important. What's important is that which God says, let him that boast, boast in this. So you want to boast? Let me tell you what you're going to boast about. And begins to point out, boast that you know me. Let me give you a basis to boast. That you know me. That I am a God of loving kindness. <clears throat> that I am a God that 
desires righteousness, and I'm a God that desires justice. That's what you should boast about. Jeremiah chapter 9 verse 23 and 24. It says in the BSV, this is what the Lord says, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. So there's a wisdom that a wise man has that is his own wisdom. There's a human wisdom. It seems very wise, but it's very dangerous because it's not God's wisdom. Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. He didn't say, let not the wise man boast in wisdom. He said, you shouldn't boast in his wisdom. Not a strong man in his strength. So again, there's the strength that God gives. Then there's your strength that comes from your ability it could be physical strength. It could be social strength. A lot of these things are the things that Christians run after and act as though God gave it to them. Meanwhile, it's their strength. You went out of your way to call two or three people every day and connect and just be nice. You went out of your way. You learned it somewhere. Not to preach to them, not to strengthen them in the Lord. It's not ministry. You could call two people every day. You could call two people every day. <laughs> Excuse me. And um, tell them this. Hi. Namsu. How are you today? I just called to check up on you. So I hope you are, you know. So do you read your Bible today? Are you doing that Bible challenge in covering number of chapters? So how many chapters do you do a day? Okay, have you done it today? You could do that. The three people a day. You could say, I'll go through everyone in church. I'll do this constantly. I'll strengthen my brethren. It's called edifying. I'll edify them. I hope you're fine. So where are you? So what, what, so I, I hope. Keep it low. Excuse me. Okay. I was saying. There is a strength that is human. Now there's physical strength. Everybody understands that. But there's so many other kinds of strength. In any area that you seem to have an advantage where you can overcome others, that's a form of strength. 
in every area where you can seem to overcome others. That's in normal English, they'll say, oh, that's his area of strength. Oh no, he, she's, she's very strong in, in this. Aha. There's your strength. Then there's God's strength where you happen to be weak. So when you conquer in those areas, you wonder, how did I do that? And you are able to acknowledge that it must have been the Lord's strength that accomplished this thing. It must be the Lord's strength. There has to be such a strength in us. It cannot come with your planning and scheming. It can come from waiting on the Lord. It should. Isaiah 40 says, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. Huh? Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. So there's a strength that comes from the Lord. Therefore, when he says, let him that boast, don't boast in your wisdom or your strength. Be careful not to go around developing your strength. You have to be careful. Rather, you should be developing the Lord's strength in your life. And that comes from serving the Lord, waiting on Him, obeying Him, seeking His face. That is how you're going to acquire God's strength. How you'll acquire your strength is by copying what other strong men have done in this world. Ah, I love a strong woman. I've always planned to be. How did she do it? She got three degrees before she was 30. What else did she do? She dresses. You know what they call power dressing? Huh? Nobody talks about that now anymore because everybody dresses like that. <laughs> Some phrases have gone out of vogue. It used to be something. Power dressing. The men. The suit, the tight suits. The... Now you can't afford bespoke here. That's customized because you need to be very well fitted. Do that generally. If you're outside this country, not inside, inside it's that the tight bespoke suits and shoes and all that, you know, dress for impact. Power dressing. That's strength. Don't deny it. She always she wears her heels. You know, there's that way she walks. When you see her, it's a picture of, you know, like this appearance of absolute confidence and you go that's my role model you have one problem and it's not an earthly problem 
I have a problem with the most high God. Because it's exactly the kind of strength God has no interest in. He doesn't want you to boast in it. No one says you shouldn't dress properly. I am saying that that strength will do absolutely nothing with the most powerful power there is. With the ultimate power, that strength may not just be nothing. It may be a source of annoyance. It might be a minus. If your strength is, he said, he didn't say, let the strong man have no strength to. He said, don't boast in it. Because there are things to boast about. It's just that that's not one of those things. So what happens when you come and stand in front of a group of people and what you keep teaching them is how to acquire earthly strength? What happens when you come stand before people and you keep encouraging them to grow stronger and stronger in earthly strength. I reach out to three people. I say nice things to them. You're in school or somewhere. You make sure, oh, I compliment at least four people a day. Again, there are people that will be offended with me. So what do you mean? Because they've spent a lot of time cultivating these things. Learning to say, oh, you wear the most lovely sweaters. Every time I see you, I, I just think I've got to get myself a sweat. Have a good day. Just go around doing this. And you get very good at it. I've often wondered how I would be if I ever went down any of those parts. So everybody likes you. So everybody likes him. Oh, very nice guy. Because you, you are developing like muscle building. You, you, you build it daily. Oh, how are you, my friend? Well done. Ah, uh, my brother. How is that your... No, like, it's something. You keep doing it. It's willful. It's carefully planned. You plan it. How many of you know, amongst the most wicked people in this world, top, cruel, wicked politicians and the rest, that these are the kind of things they do, and that they are the best at this? Huh? How many of you know people talk to people and smile? And step inside their offices and order that they should kill the person. Huh? Like, have you heard the expression impeccable manners? Huh? <laughs> they put it on like a cloth. They wear it like a cloth. It's like a perfume. You put it on. Oh, you look so ravishing today. They kiss your hand. You feel like swooning. Stand hold. How many of you have classmates that are boys, girls, that are already starting to behave like this? They are trying. Check, they'll run for something. Oh, yes. Now, school. They learn it. They practice, they have, if they don't run most, 90 something percent will run for office. The others may even be Christians. They want to run for, they want you to invite you. They want you to like them. 
when they start something, they, they want, they have something. Then the other ones are those who want to sell something. So that by the time they come, ah, eh, me, me, you know, they call your name. I have this for sale. I have this for sale. I made proper marketers. They don't market only when they have something to market. They market. They are on market mood. Permanent. So when they come, you're prone to. All right. So the intentions. It's not wrong for that marketer to be nice with his or her customers. Are you hearing me? No, no. It's wisdom to send a message once in a, a while. Oh, uh, happy celebrations. Oh, I uh, hope you're having a great day from the family of cosmetics. The cosmetics. You know, wishing you a great day. What are we celebrating? You. <laughs> so I want you to employ me for marketing. You might make good money. Oh. If you pick my brain, I'll give you. <laughs> you do that. You know, you just hit it out there. And if if you do not have something up your sleeves, if there's nothing up your sleeves that are your intention, the truth is, there's a strength you can develop with God. Have you read in the Bible before where the Lord was telling people to go out and not beat anybody on the road? Tell me how that helps new members. You tell me. Tell me how. When you pass them, wait. If, wait, wait. These were the 12, Abby. Then there was the 70. The matching orders was don't greet anybody. <laughs> you don't understand. The Jews, come, come, come. The Jews tend to do this kind of thing. Ah, my brother. How is madame? Shalom, shalom. Ah, if there are five, ah. <laughs> Jesus said, as if they see them. Now, again, I'm choosing me, it's me that choose to believe that he did not say that they greet you. Ah, Andrew. <laughs> I choose to believe that he meant don't stand and do all of that. Yes, shalom. That you should be like a man on business. Elisha told his servants the same thing. He told him, as you're going, don't greet anybody on the way. Take this, my staff. Run and put it on that boy that is sick. The Shunammite's son. And that was the instruction he gave. I said, don't greet anybody on the road. What would that mean? Or what should that mean? Or why? Because of how pressing your assignment is. It's among the reasons I don't like going for things. Apart from just preferring not to go. But especially because of kingdom matters. Especially because of that. It's not... And again, go for what you can. Be there for those that need you. 
increasingly we've tried to do that more in recent years. But as a person, if I'm supposed to talk to three young people or baptize them or pray for their deliverance, for years I would rather be there praying for those three so-called nobodies. Who knows them? Who are they? Year one students, year two. Who knows them? Nobody. Is it like you're praying for one big man? Is it the commissioner of uh, education's... Uh, uh, that you're ministering to know. Uh, who were you praying for? Um, I think one's name is Glory. The other one is, uh, Nupa. And the last one is, uh, ah, forgotten the name now. Yeah. Uh, who are they? Okay. Uh, one is a secondary school student. The other one. That's why you didn't come for my, yes. I, I was praying for them. So there are many people. All of that means nothing. It's so easy. Everything else is important except what my king considers exceedingly important. But I chose long ago. I will not be like that though. I will not, I cannot stand and be greeting everybody. Oh, were you there? Yes, I was there. Yes, I came now. I was there. I was there till the end of the occasion. I was there. I was there. I was there. I was there. Many, many people will tell you, no, you must have the social, you must this, you must that. Show me where Jesus went out of his way to do that. Now, they will invite Jesus for something, he would go. That's why I go for some things. But you can never tell me that his focus was to be found acceptable. Oh, they're having a program here, I'm there. Oh, and you make sure you sit at the front so that they, they will see you came. You honored if that program will benefit me for the glory of God, will be a benefit. If I'm coming to encourage, let's say one, some of our people are ministering and I'm there to be an encouragement, I will be there. If I will be there, like I'm signing my name, so I'll be in someone's good books. There's a book. There's a book. It's not here. Have you heard rumors? There's a certain book somewhere upstairs there's a book that is very important your name is in. then there are books of remembrance have you heard of those books try and put your name in those ones though. you should really try because some people's names are not there some of you, you, your name is not any book but on earth hey, your faculty ah, your secondary school oh, oh, your name is everywhere unimportant none of those books will be carried you will not carry them plus your awards and drop in front of God and judgment day bah. check where I am there it won't happen not that book is those books are irrelevant oh, it's very important that in the other books the records above department of records above ah Oh, on the seventh day of January 2022, Nobaya helped the 182nd person with the small earnings they were making. Ah, on the 15th day of July. 2018, Millie assisted 
directly in menial labor. The 492nd person. Uh, I think, and now I don't know how they keep those books. But according to my understanding of the book of Malachi chapter 3. It said the Lord said they should open a book. In Acts of the Apostles chapter 10. It said of Cornelius. That he says your incense, your prayers and good deeds. Your alms giving, your constant giving has come up to the Lord as a memorial. We know everyone on earth gives someone something at some point. In Matthew 5, the Lord Jesus said, He said, even the publicans give to those who give them. They love those who love them back. So, everybody gives. This is another kind of giving. You can't say... Cornelius was being praised for giving his children school fees again. They are his children. We can't say he gave his market, his wife market money one more time. And God said, put his, put this guy's name up for the heavenly Grammy Awards. No. It's not that kind of giving he gave. There was a giving Cornelius gave that amounted So something worthy of a memorial coming before the maker of heaven and earth. So as they look down, especially in this time where people say it doesn't matter what you do. <laughs> Apart from what has been predestined, it, it really matters what you, you do. Really. And he says, uh, yeah. It's time. I think the time of the Gentiles is to be activated, yes? Yeah, that's that's today, right? Good, 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 good. Alright, so who's going? Gabriel, you? Who, who, who? List of names. Who are the possible qualifiers? Ah, who, who? Top person. Oh, Cornelius. Cornelius. Okay. Why? Oh, one, two, three. Okay, okay, good. Alright, so go to Cornelius. Let him be. Established his household. Yeah, we'll touch a few others with time. Yeah, even all the way down to the Philippian jailer and his household. We'll get there. But Cornelius will be given. Let the key first be used on Cornelius. This is how decisions are made. This is how things happen on earth. And, all right, angels live there. Yes, my Lord. Yes, who's going? You, Peter. You, 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 you. you. Assignments are given. And the ones that hurry off to Peter. You know, and make sure they delay the food. You, make sure Simon the Tanner's wife is delayed in the market. You, this, you, that. You know he was waiting to eat, right? Good. Uh, by the way, someone needs to keep him up slightly uh, from the night before so he'll be slightly sleepy so he'll doze and have the trance. All sorts of things go into action. What do you see? You see and this happen. What do you know? Because we don't think about any of this. We, we think things just happen. Everything comes straight from God's booming mouth. Now... Oh, oh, oh. No, that's not what happens. There's a proper bureaucracy. Things are happening. People have assignments, responsibilities, planning is done. Angels get together. There's levels of angels. All right. So who will? For those doubting, again, because all your life, what you see is one God. Oh, oh, I am God. And then you see Satan. 
running everywhere. That's not what happens. There's a whole kingdom. When the king of Babylon or the king in Babylon, he was a Mede and Persian king, but in Susan, gives a command. This is how. Oh, I'm using examples you can confirm. He takes off his ring and gives it to Haman. That's the king's seal, which on anything means this comes straight from the king. For the period of time, Haman holds that ring. He doesn't have to wear it, he just takes it and engraves, impresses it on, on um, anything. And that's how it works. Does the king run around? Uh, everybody. On the 13th day, uh, yeah, yeah, all the Jews are meant to be attacked, okay? Uh, sorry, I don't have to. I need to rush to the other country. <laughs> That's not what happens. The king gives the ring. Haman calls his people. Those people call riders. There's multiple levels. These people are going on the king's business. King, uh, um, kitchen, give them food in food packs. There's many things you don't think of, but it's happening. That's how kingdoms are run. The writers had written first, scribe, and they created many copies. How many scribes? I don't know, but from that time, they are writing, they are writing, they are writing. Why they are writing? See, this thing is a pressing matter. You can't waste time. Uh, so I can't stand up to go and eat. I can't go home. We are going to be here all of today writing these things. Please, you, you, you. You're responsible. Where's that servant? Come. You're responsible for the scribes. Okay? Now it's not a small servant. It's a head servant who is now commanding multiple servants. Who goes to the kitchen and says, you're going to make food for 130 people. Are you listening to me? All you heard was the king say, let it be so. This is exactly how the kingdom runs. God says, let this be. Then multiple entities go to work. Multiple including human beings many times. Everybody heads off. And what is called walking by faith is when God comes and tells you your own. You don't even know about all of these things I'm saying, which is why I'm stopping to paint the picture. You don't know anything about all of this. All you know is you were told, listen, you give food to two of them. That's your own assignment, whether whatever they want, water, food, money after the night, to make sure, let nobody complain about you or... You know, they <laughs> draw a line across their neck. You know, those days were very easy to kill someone. <laughs> Say, I just don't like how you look. Pia, you don't remove your head. <laughs> Servants used to be very compliant. This is how things happen. So the Lord sends the word. Great is the company of those who publish it. Many people go and do their thing. So one of the angels who has that assignment, lands before Cornelius. Cornelius, a memorial has come up regarding one, two, three. Ah. Send for Peter, for he's here. Many things happen. Peter arrives. The angel with the that will help open, so the Holy Spirit will come. Whether he's pouring it to high the Holy Spirit came, is there. 
on his assignment. Peter is now talking plenty. You know, I'm a Jew. We, we don't mix with them that talking, 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 talking. Okay, am I poor? Poor. Peter, Peter say talk, he say talk. If the angel could have said, Peter, you don't do now. That's not what you came for. You came to baptize them in the Holy Spirit. If you really understood, you have walked in here and said, well, a quick intro. I know Jesus of Nazareth. One, two, three, four, five, eight, nine, ten. Receive it. Bam. They will have gone. But Peter, like me, <laughs> plenty. They will talk, 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 talk. Now, now, we don't know what ancient line timing was given from whenever. You don't know if that's the exact moment. The time, 2,100 and whatever days expired. You don't know. All we know is the, he was still talking. The people were, the hope they scattered. I've been in a meeting like that before 2014. When it happens like that, all you can do is just be watching. You hold the mic, but it's down. You don't know what to do. <laughs> what are you going to do here? Is it you that started it? You know, there are people foolish enough to be, when God moves, they stop it. May nobody be that foolish. <laughs> so Peter was hijacked. At the end, Peter, all Peter could say is, would anyone stop this man from being baptized in water? He still thought, <laughs> uh, would anyone object to them being baptized in water? Okay, I didn't think so. Oh yeah. Uh, where is their water here? They began to baptize them. God's purpose had been accomplished. The Holy Spirit had been given to the Gentiles. Satan, old traditions, they rushed down, ran. Rumors, rumor, the rumor mill started. You know how they started the rumor mill? You don't know. Who has put on a prime mover before? Who has put on a Lister engine before? Okay, you don't know it's called a prime mover. Yeah. How many of you, your hand went with it? Very dangerous thing. Women, no female raise her hand. I thought what a man can do. A man cannot. Good. So, <laughs> so the rumor mill, that's how it starts. Check up. Check up. Check up. Check up. Before Peter landed Jerusalem, person will travel. Someone who traveled to a foreign land, that it should be as you come back. Everybody say, ah, welcome. Apostle, Apostle, Apostle Peter. Well, how was your trip? How was your trip? You come, people are. So, you know, the rumor bill has been turning. This one is my fiction of my imagination, but I think so. It's a figment of my imagination. It's the fiction. Coming up with, I think some people were not friends. Some were saying, "Yes, welcome, sir." Some were, <coughs> uh -huh, "Excuse me," <coughs> looking the other way. Till the matter came out, and they said, "We heard, we heard, we heard." You went into Gentiles and ate with them. Hey, hey, have the mighty fallen. Hey. You ate with Gentiles. Where in the scriptures did it ever say they can't eat with Gentiles? Sir? 
He told them not to eat certain foods. But did he say they can't eat? They, are, they will say the food is not kosher. But where did he say they can't eat with Gentiles? There was a strange multitude that went with them out of Egypt. From the beginning, they were eating with Gentiles. From day one. From the time they came out of Egypt, they came out with Gentiles. But you know human beings, the people are fantastic. Try. That's what 1,000 plus years had developed. A completely different we are and you are. So we are not. Let me show you something. That book of Jeremiah. That chapter 9. I know we'll stop at verse 24. But go on to 25 and 26. The last two verses. What read with me? One to go. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will punish all who are circumcised, yet uncircumcised. Egypt, Judah, Edom, Ammon, Moab, and all the inhabitants of the desert who clip the hair of their temples. For all these nations are uncircumcised, and the whole house of Israel is uncircumcised in heart. Is this Old or New Testament? Do you see God already saying they were uncircumcised? But were they circumcised? What did they even call themselves? The circumcised. What did they call everyone else? Uncircumcised. But the scriptures is telling you that in verse, now, verse 25, by another, another translation, it will say it a bit differently. This one said, but uncircumcised. This one says, I will punish all who, which are circumcised with the uncircumcised. Another. Simply saying the circumcised and this uncircumcised. That is, go punish the two of them. I'll punish the both categories of people. What does HLB say, please? Circumcised yet uncircumcised, like BSV says. Okay, so you are circumcised, but in God's eyes, you're not circumcised. And that was their complaint. How could you? How dare you? They are not, they are below us, beneath us. Why would you compromise? And he got up and said, see, I was there. The Holy Spirit moved on them. Summary. And that is that. The Holy Spirit moved on them. That's all that matters. I couldn't stop it. Till today, it's like this. Many times God tells you to do something. Someone is going to tell you, why should you? And typically, you have this feeling of saying, I wish you were there with me. But they were not. They were not there with you. And you might have some trouble convincing them that, no, what happened was God's will. And that's the problem about people who sit down and allow other people fight their battles. Like those watching a football match and criticizing the player. As those sitting above and looking down is the same as seeing your enemy, your opponent heading towards you at high speed and you're trying to save your legs. So easy to give commentary. I find it hard. You know, one reason I can comment a little more, I comment at all, 
or seriously now about the things that happen in the body of Christ is because I'm in the battle too. When I was not, when I was not where I'm, I barely said anything. You shouldn't form the habit of talking about things you have not been involved in. Because anyone that is even trying a little is trying. Now that doesn't mean you keep quiet about evil. But you must prove that evil to be evil. Some of these events were very momentous events, very big events. That for nearly 2,000 years, there was a special group of people. Suddenly, God threw it open. Do you see him say, you punish the boat kinds? He said, the day will come and punish the boat. So any mindset that says, no, we, we are special. Huh? Every category is covered in the punishment. So you should focus more on being acceptable to God. What did he say before that? He said, don't boost. It was a strength they had. There was a boost that we are circumcised. They are not. We are the special ones. But the truth is, you're only special if you're doing God's will. You're only special if you're doing God's will. God says, don't boast in your strength. This was their strength. I'm a Jew. Chosen. My family, my name. So I ask, what's your name? You say, oh, I'm from the social and so family. Ah, are you from the, oh, yeah. Oh, my, you really emphasize your surname. Oh, my name is Amelia Erukoba. You don't like saying Amelia. Don't just say my name is Amelia. You don't say my name. My name is Amelia Erukoba. Of the Erukoba family? Yeah. That's my name. My dad is the second brother. That's your strength. Immediately you find favor. Your family is a mover and shaker. Immediately. Oh, welcome. Okay. An intelligent young man. Suddenly you're intelligent. If you say, my name is... <laughs> <laughs> you ended with Udo. <laughs> Akman. <laughs> that was all. They would have sent you away in a hurry. Be careful that your strength is not in what men pride themselves in. Remember, there's a record of books. Do I have your attention? Make sure. Make sure your name is in the proper record book. Because so many people's names are in the wrong set of books. The servant of God had a revelation and shared it in the book. A series of revelations called The Final Quest by Rick Joyner. And he said, 
he saw in his visions that he said there was a completely different set of record books in heaven. He was allowed to meet well-known people on earth. And he said he met people that are not known. And some of the best known historically, some of them, they are in the lowest levels in heaven. And some of the unknowns are at the highest levels. Some, I said. I didn't say once you're known here, you're not known there. I said, he, he, he said he realized there's a completely different set of record books. In fact, one of them told him, these are people whose names are, they are famous till now. People talk about them. Oh, you want to be, ah, he didn't mention names. I suppose because he might get attacked terribly. They found out that heaven's set of books are utterly different. May you have enough wisdom to keep your name on the right set of books. Ah, may you not get carried away by what anyone thinks about you. Many people do. It's so strong in your heart to be accepted. It is so strong. If I do this, if I say this, if I act this way, they will not accept me. <laughs> Ah, one day you will hit that acceptance with a passion that cannot be described in words. Because why should you be accepted by earth when heaven is rejecting you? How did Jesus say? He said, the things which are highly esteemed amongst men are detestable with God. So, one of the warning signs I have used in my personal life is this thing I'm doing, is it highly esteemed among men? If it is highly esteemed, I'm very careful around it. And I, there's no way I'll give my time to pursuing it so men will esteem me. Now, let me be highly esteemed almost by, like, by mistake. Like, remember, give me examples of people that are, were highly esteemed among men, but you can never accuse them that it was their pursuit from scripture. Joseph, was he highly esteemed? Why? Because he was a very honest, hard-working guy. That was why he was highly esteemed. Naturally, that's how he was. It's not because he began to play to the gallery and worked very hard and kept positioning himself. No, he just was himself. He feared God, reported his brothers. He feared God, was faithful to Potiphar. He feared God. Whatever it was he did, he was fearing God and he made him outstanding. Who else? Daniel clearly refused different things that would have allowed for him to be even better positioned. You cannot accuse Daniel of positioning himself. He refused the food. How many of you know if you're not eating with everyone? That that kind of limits your company and popularity. How many of you know if you're going to be eating vegetables and pulses and those kinds of things where everybody else is drinking the king's wine, eating the king's meat? You do know they are eating not in their rooms but together, right? 
you do know that as they gather like that, as you're talking and being accepted, hello, <laughs> yeah, and they yab you and you yab them back. You give them a job, they give you a job. You know, you joke together, you laugh. That will build a rep. Huh? Street cred. Yes? Ah. Uh. But you're eating with your three brethren. Get, you think they're eating that vegetable on that table? In fact, eating there is even worse. Can you imagine how much, if they ate it with the rest, can you imagine how much they were mocked? You think all those people that dislike them, just dislike them one day. By the time they train someone, it's, by the time the lawmakers got together that they should make a law just to nail Daniel, a law for a country, just to nail one man. Did it happen or did it not happen? One man. And couldn't find anything. The guy was just too faithful to his work. But you can never accuse him that he lived for position himself. If he wanted to position himself, then Ash Penas, the king's chamberlain, they would, they would have said, please, I, we can't eat this food. Please, test us for 10 days. Please, on something else. This food. They would have been saying, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, to everything. He said, yes, sir, yes, sir, sir, yes, sir. Anything you say, sir. They would have positioned themselves. They refused to. There's a strength that is your strength. Then there's a strength that is God's strength. That is the strength that Daniel, his, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah had. That was the strength, the strength of God. They waited on the Lord. They loved the Lord. They did not betray their Lord in a strange land amongst the elite group. They refused to deny their God in any way. Therefore, the only strength they could have could be the strength God gave. And when it was time, it was given. When it was time. When everyone's life was at stake, only one person, only one group of people had the answer to the king in telling him his dream. It wasn't the people that had been acquiring street credibility. No. It was the people who had trusted in the Lord. And the Lord showed up and used them to save the other people's lives. That's how it works. This is the God way. At another time, he positioned them to the other three guys. You don't get promoted from disobeying a sovereign king in front of all his officials. How many of you know like that? That will exactly help you rise in up the in the ranks, right? You disobey the king in front of everybody. Why don't you just bow? Just later on you tell the king, this king, I don't like we don't do this normally. Why don't you just do it and pass? How are you? You're gonna challenge the king of kings? Is it not God that said he's making him king of kings? You won't bow. Just bow, Fred. Bow later. You, 
He said, no, that's not how you rise. But what happened after that incident? They were promoted. This is the strength that God gives. This is not strength you got through compromise. Joseph did not rise through the ranks by sleeping with his master's wife. It was by refusing, by getting himself in trouble. By not playing to the gallery. That's what positioned him. He was not a disobedient worker. Take note in all the instances. In none of it was he what you call a disobedient worker. He was not a, a bad, you know, don't mind her. She comes late for work. Then this, then when they say do this, she will not do. Nonsense. Rubbish. There are many people, that's how you are. You get very confused when you hear things being said. You can't be full of disobedience and then, <laughs> And I become a mighty warrior for righteousness. When now? The righteousness is the time you arrive for work. That's righteousness according to God. Except it's your own righteousness. Then the only righteousness you have is stand up in the office. You say every 12 o'clock. Colleagues. Colleagues. On your class. Everybody. And you climb the desk. I want to share something with you. Jesus said, repent or perish. Repent or perish is what the good master says. Some of you, you wear short, short dress. <laughs> repent or perish. Some of you will be wearing earrings and shiny things. Repent. So even men, they wear. Repent. Repent ye today or perish. Some of me. Any persecution you get, you paid for it. Assignment you won't submit on time. So the lecturers don't like you. So when they walk in and see you standing on the desk, they say, Yo man, come on, get out of my class. Because you there's no story of you being a good student. Don't submit assignments on class. You come late for class. Everything is wrong. You are the one in your room. Your room is not clean. And you say, roommates, I bring a word. <laughs> this day, who shall you serve? But as for me and my house, serve the Lord. And your corner is you. They, they have meetings about you. In the room, they have meetings and you are the discussion. That this girl will not clean her, her corner. This girl's corner is always dirty. And she, is it, it, this smell. Flies come to this room to visit her. Her clothes are everywhere. Covering the window. Nobody can breathe. Do not buy hunger. I'm not talking about the guys. There's no need. <laughs> he just keeps doing that. And then you start, then you bring a strong word. This is why Jesus said, clean the inside of the cup first. This is very important. I shake it up. 
And you start being a what to your parents. Which parents? Your parents are like, eh? Your father leads over to your mother. Did he wash that car? Yes. He didn't wash them. Amen. Amen. Father, we commit today into your hand. Go with us. That's how your father ends the prayer and you're like, you send a message to your shepherd. He grieved the Holy Spirit. You grieved him first. The man is like, can God use a dirty vessel? Now, me, I know God can use any vessel. But him, he does not know. He doesn't want to know. Uh Uh-uh. There's an order to things. There's an order to things. Included in that order is that you... (laughs) Be correct. Then when the day comes... They'll know this is not you. Let God give you strength to do all that is right. I'm not saying you shouldn't share a word or do whatever God tells you, okay? But I'm saying you should work really hard on people not having anything against you. If God gives you a word, make sure you share it. But when you attack unfairly, unfairly, <laughs> Daniel and Kobe attack unfairly. But sometimes people attack fairly. You deserve the attack. When we were coming on the road, for a short moment, I felt a certain joy in something that happened to someone. Something bad. Yes, I checked. I'm still a Christian. I don't, do you have a Christian? No matter. Bring and come and tell. Forgive me was a weak moment. But it's a kind of weak moment that I still stay. Like I don't feel that bad. I'm sorry if it's a sin, God forgive me. So we we're packed, waiting at the traffic lights. And someone came. This is a car. This is not a rickshaw. An automated rickshaw. A keke. This is not a keke. That you say two can be side by side behind the car. This is a car. This is a narrow road. At a, t- a junction, a crossroad. And we are in line. And this car comes and... Is by our side. It's so annoying. Like, how do you even have the mind to do these things? Why didn't you just fall behind in your place? And then the vehicle start moving. And our car is by the side and goes. And this car that jumped its place is still there. And there's a, a, a keke in front of it and another keke who is trying to start. That's why I expressed that I was like, yes, yes. If I confess my sins, it's faithful and justified. I'm just confessed. How many of you are as backslidden as I was? You even feel happy on my behalf now. But the rest of you are real Christians. Please point your hands toward me, pray that God will change my heart. Because I went on to say, I wish this would happen all the time. <laughs> quick, quick, quick judgment like this, very fast. I, how did that happen? I saw him pointing out his hand from the window and saying, yeah, you move that thing, hey, move. I'm like, I'm like really? You sinner. 
If he was in the right place behind us, he would have moved comfortably. He thought he was sharp. The long and short is, our strength should be from God. That seems to be my emphasis. Our strength should be from God. There's a strength you have. It's not from God. It's not a good strength. Strong. You developed it. It's you. It's your strength. Financial strength. Many people have it. There's all kinds of strength. Areas of strength. Be careful that you didn't acquire that strength at the expense of betraying your God. Do you understand? <laughs> Make sure you didn't say, God, wait, please. You know this Babylon they brought us. It's you, Seb, that said we should come. <laughs> please, uh, let me position myself. Well, don't worry, I'll, I'll, I'll bring revival in this Babylon. Hmm? Let us eat pork. Let's eat everything they eat here. Let's break every law. You're with us. Huh? When we pray, you forgive us later, eh? They didn't do any of that. They had an attitude that would say things like, if I perish, I perish. You think Esther came up with that? She said it. She had examples before in that same land. If I perish, I perish. If we perish, we perish. How did Ananiah, Mishael, and Azariah say it? They said, our God is able to save us. But even if he does not, it's the same thing. We will not bow. If we perish, we perish. Esther just said it nicer. Very smooth. It is a, so, when you have not compromised anything, then whatever positioning or happens is not your strength. Do you get? When you can go and preach to someone, they listen to you. Not because you went around greeting everyone from room to room. God bless you. God, let me pray for you. My brother... Now, my sister, bless her today. May today be a great day. Amen. God bless You go around trying to win curry favor. Curry favor. In the name of starting a ministry. Then you come and say, oh, I'd like to invite you for a fellowship. You know I mean? After you curry favor with strength. That's why four people came. Because your method. You want to boost your strength. Next thing, you'll be teaching it. Many people teach it. You now teach it like... A principle. You call it principles of church growth. Oh, that's what they call it officially. And people gather many like this. Bah! In a building. Thousands. And none of, many of them, their heart is not in, they are not church. They are not part of God's church because the church is a spiritual entity. Many are church numbers. They are not members of the body of Christ. They never were. Their hearts are not given to God. They are not, the sins are not forgiven. They are not washed. They are numbers. Have you ever met anyone like that? Church numbers? Okay, I'm not sure you've met. Have you ever met yourself? Or were you born in a mosque? Did you ever, were you ever a church number? Going straight to hell if you died that time. Unsaved. Now, let me ask you, do you know anybody like that? Who? Say me. It was you. Now, you had many companions of your ilk. Your kind. 
The truth is, there's a strength that comes from God. If you want to boost, don't boast in your strength. Your strength is useless. Your talent, your, don't boast in it. That's your strength. There are things to boast about. Let's finish. Now the wealthy man in his riches, I don't want to waste any time talking about that. Don't boast about your riches. This is God talking. This is what the Lord says. Let not the wise man, let not the strong man, let not the wealthy man boast in his riches. Oh, in the last year, looking through our accounts, uh, my company made a profit of 17 million, which is impressive in light of the fact that last year we, it was 12. You know, and this business just started three years ago. Well, two and a half to be exact. In fact, to be very exact, two years, four months, 16 days. Hallelujah. He's boasting in his wealth. God calls it his wealth, just like he called it his strength, just like he called it his wisdom. It's not God's own. It's yours. I've told you over and over again that there's the man, there's man's version of everything. Now there's God's wealth. There's God's strength. There is God's wisdom. How does it manifest? Verse 24. But let him who boasts, boast in this. Boasting is allowed, but not in those first three things. Oh yes, uh, we have, as you listen to me, how you know what people boast about? When they talk about it and people are, oh wow, yay, whoa, ah, wow, wow. Clap jaw. Oh no, oh no. You guys responding like that. Now I'm not saying you can't be, if a brother says that, Say, you know that business started last two years? God is amazing. But it can be God's riches. How is it God that is amazing? Your own. When you testify how you made 17 million, you never tell the whole truth. All the corners you cut. You won't tell the truth about how you made that money. You say, I just want to bless the Lord. And God is like, you shouldn't have called my name. And now you're in trouble because you shouldn't have called... Ah, judgment day will be bloody. People don't even know. Don't be very careful before you call God's name. Don't be calling God. See, it's called taking the name of the Lord in vain. There's a whole commandment given to it that you shouldn't do it. People don't know. There are so many things people don't know. When I talk to people once in a while, one-on-one, -on -one, I prefer to talk generally. When I talk one-on-one, -on -one, inside my heart, I, sometimes I feel this pain. Ah, God. Especially people that are close to me. Because I'm like, you don't know. You don't understand. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know. You don't understand. One day, this thing we are talking about, you regret it so deeply. Whatever you've been told, no, it doesn't matter as long as you make heaven. It will matter. You just lost two cities. It will matter. When the day comes, when people are given rewards, people will know it matters. Really matters. When he appears to be glorified, 
the corners you cut to be wealthy, the compromises, the lies you told, that's your wealth. Then there's a wealth God can give you. And I'm not just referring to the spiritual wealth, which is God's real wealth, but even physical wealth. And you know it is God. When you say, well, it's the Lord's business. So, yesterday night I stumbled across something. This morning or this afternoon I stumbled across something again. I guess it's part of why I'm here. I almost didn't come. But I, I, you know, I was just wondering, what kind of coincidence is this? Let me read a tiny part of something. This is from 2.15. I have no idea who I, who I wrote it for. Money is not our drive. Maximizing stewardship is the anointing to steward the movement of wealth to the kingdom cannot be entrusted to anyone who is still struggling with whether to serve God or mammon. This is serious and I am sure many will share on this in days ahead. We are called, this is what hits me, we are called to be ox that tread the corn and though our mouths won't be muzzled, 1 Corinthians 9. We will never forget we are there to tread out the corn and not just to fill our mouths. Did you hear that? I'll read it again because I'm not sure you got it. We are called to be oxen that tread the corn. Tread out the corn. Produce, separate the corn from the chaff. Produce the grain that will be food for eating. And though 1 Corinthians 9 says, you should not muzzle it. This is from Deuteronomy 25. It's repeated in 1 Timothy 5, three places. For it is written in the law, 1 Corinthians 9 verse 9. It is written in the law of Moses, do not muzzle an ox while it is treading out the grain. Is it about oxen that God is concerned? Next verse. Isn't he actually speaking on our behalf? Indeed, this was written for us because when the plowman plows, and the thresher threshes, they should also expect to share in the harvest. Are you seeing this? So, so this thing about money, about what to do, how, when you hear, well, Pastor Ital, when we hear you preach away, what, 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 you, are you saying we shouldn't have, Christians can have, is, I've told you, is, see, things are easy when your heart is pure. Everything is confusing. When you, you know, one of the ways I know someone has impurities, sediments, is when simple things confuse them. I'm not saying you shouldn't ask questions. Ask, but when it confuses you too long, there's impurity in your heart. To the pure, all things are pure. Oxen were the ones that pulled, like a tractor that threshed corn, or even plowed. The scriptures, we just read Paul interpreting it. It means, go to First Timothy 5. Give it to me before we move on. First Timothy 5, no, go back to verse 16. Down. Verse 17. Elders who lead effectively are worthy of double honor. Especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. They are worthy of what? Double honor. Honor. 
Matthew 15 will show you what, how Jesus interpreted honor your father and mother. He meant give, support them, give financial. In those days, things were very different. So the average mother and father was weak. Some people, your parents are in that state now. They need support. You must support them. You must know that you're supporting them is a primary duty. Now there are those whose parents are far a thousand times more comfortable than you. Just honor them with tokens. Oh, daddy, I brought this groundnut for you. Mommy, I brought this banana for you. Dad, mommy, I think you need slippers. No. Signs of honor. That you're not feeding them. They don't need to be fed while you starve. You don't deceive yourself. You don't go and give them 25,000 naira every month and then they give you back 80,000. Stop it. Don't be doing things like that. You know, every month they deposit something to your account. Please, don't deceive yourself. Stop giving them money, they will give you right back. If, at least if you gave daddy a bottle of granola, he will eat it. Now people have evil in their heart. They don't even know the evil inside them. So honor is not the same as the, the, the honor of honoring and the honor of supporting. There's a difference. Now here, in this elders is talking about what honor do you think it is? Is it just honor or support? Support. Why? If you go back to 1 Corinthians 9, please, when you go back, go and read it through. You know, he's talking about like that. He, he said, if they took care of you with spiritual things, won't you take care of their material needs? You, you must. How else will things run if you are not, you know, they need to be provided for, they need to eat. And if they are working hard at preaching and teaching, what are the other people doing? They are working hard at what? Why don't you honor any man on the street? Everyone on this, you know, because they are working hard at their business. Do you understand? Raising money. This one is working hard, studying the word. And do you understand? So he doesn't have time to go and work hard doing business. Is this clear? Uh And he pointed out, he says, those who work hard, he didn't say, just anybody. Say those who work hard at this. There are those who work hard. There are those who don't. Okay? I'm expanding on this. Eh? I'm expanding this. So, verse 18 now. Did I finish verse 17? Especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. They are worthy of double honor. I used to wonder when I was younger. Double honor. How do you watch, how do you honor someone double? Do you bow twice? When you see others, you say, the one that doesn't labor that much, but he's a servant of God, but he doesn't labor that hard. So he just go, good afternoon, sir. Then when you see the ones who work hard at preaching and teaching, good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. No. So Matthew 15, Jesus tells you that he was talking about giving. He, he, he attacked the Pharisees. He said, you make the word of God lose its meaning, have no meaning. That the word says, honor your father and mother, and you people say, you encourage people to tell their parents, Daddy, Mommy, what I would have given you, I used it to support the temple. And he said, by doing that, you make the word of God of no effect. Now, that's the one who gave the law, the lawgiver. The Lord is our lawgiver. He gave you that law. He, he just interpreted it for you. There's no discussion. So you don't go living large while your parents are struggling. You dare not. Nobody that ever hears me ever dare do that. Your parents are struggling. Things are hard. They are taking care of your brother and sister and all that. You can comfortably take care of them and you're buying 80,000 naira shoes. 
Say, no, but in my office, everybody, 80,000 is even cheap. Based on our salary of 250,000, people wear shoes up. You better hold yourself till your brother finishes school. You hold yourself. There's a time for everything. You take care of those parents so they don't die and leave you and you do a splendid burial. If anyone here has any such demon, sorry. Never, ever, ever do you misfire like that. You take care of your parents. You provide for your parents because they, you have them for so long. So you know your parents are struggling. Food is difficult. Eh? Ha! Please, no one needs to tell you. Don't say, say no, you don't understand. It's just that, it's just that what? Do you have one pair of shoes? Is it good? Wear it. That's enough. I really need, you don't need. Support the kingdom, support your family. Isaiah 58, your flesh. Steady, steady, steady. For those who need your support. Those who don't need your support. Show signs of acknowledgement, of respect, of appreciation. Steadily too. Once in a while. You know it's not for job. It's just saying, I'm here. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. That's what you are doing. You're appreciating them. They said, Kai, oh, I don't have airtime. They say, Mommy, don't worry, I'll send you it. Give them the airtime. Don't complicate it. Say, I'm waiting. No, there's something I'm planning for Christmas. You see now that they are alive in July. You know, Christmas is December. Eternal planning. Support them now in July. Look for something and celebrate. You can say you're celebrating your cousin's birthday by giving them airtime. If there must be celebration before you give. Just give. You have something, you have us, they gave you bonus in your office. Just send them something. Just. But especially if they, I need. Ah, they don't joke at all. Don't joke at all. Some families, different children will put, put money together. Okay, every month we donate and give. Don't joke at all. Take all these things very seriously. But back to our exact focus. Don't muzzle an ox while it is treading out the grain and the worker is worthy of his wages. Okay? This is what no, it's okay. Verse 18 is okay. So first Timothy 5 18 says that. What does it mean? It means the worker is worthy of his wages. It means the ox is a worker. Do you understand? And it's talking about a worker in the household of God, in the church of God. And they are working faithfully. They are putting their back to the work. They are faithfully serving you with spiritual food, bread. They are plowing, digging up the ground. They are threshing, separating the chaff from the wood, showing you the holy from the unholy, the clean from the unclean. They are doing their work. He said the one that does it hard, that we should, they even deserve double honor. He didn't say the one that is popular, famous, big. He told you how you, how you know what to do. All these things are in scripture. Most people never even give according to how God 
ever said they should give. They, they have every other reason for giving. But they want to tap into anointing. Where is it tapping into anything? There's no tapping here. <laughs> go and read First Corinthians 9. <laughs> okay, go back to First Corinthians 9. Oh yeah, write down. Romans 15, 27. Put it, read it. When I give you a passage, put it up quickly. They were pleased to do it, and indeed they owe it to them. For if the Gentiles have shared in their spiritual blessings, they are obligated to minister to them with material blessings. Do you hear him say, you're obligated? Is that, is that optional? 1 Corinthians 9 verse 11. Then Galatians 6, 6. And Philippians 2, 29. Yes. If we have sown spiritual seed among you, is it too much for us to reap a material harvest from you? Is that another witness? Galatians 6, 6. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word must share in all good things with his instructor. Philippians 2.29 Welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honor men like him. Did you see that? He said you should welcome someone with great joy. Now go back and look at more of that. If you want more, First Thessalonians 5 verse 12 and Hebrews 13 verse 17. We'll only read First Thessalonians 5 verse 12. But we ask you, brothers, to acknowledge those who walk diligently among you who preside over you in the Lord and give you instruction. Have you seen that? Is that similar to what First Timothy 5 said? It talks about those who labor diligently. So the emphasis with those who serve and that are deserving of financial honor is what? Those who labor how? Diligently. Therefore, the biggest thing to observe is the level of diligence of the laborers. Is the diligence, not the pain. So you have many people everywhere looking for a famous person to tap into. Ah, this one is famous. This one has large crowds. This one, so I'll tap it. They are not coming with the mindset, this one is laboring hard. This one needs extra support because of the extra labor. This one spends... Their time seeking God while this other one spends the time playing. All right. We should just have enough wisdom and sense to know how to manage this. Let the one that boasts not boast in his riches or his wealth. When he is faithful, when you are faithful serving the Lord, and God starts sending you honor, double honor, provision, support. Do you stop serving the Lord? Should you? No, now. You should serve more because they've empowered you to serve even more. So you serve more. You are serving 20 people. Now you can serve 30. And then they support you more. Then you serve more. You know, it just, it should be commensurate. You could do good up to this amount. 30,000 naira a month. Now you can do good up to 60,000 a month. Then you can do good up to 100. Do you understand? You don't now start accumulating it for yourself. Do you understand? Because some people seem to understand that to be, ah, God has blessed me. 
and being rewarded. If you collect all your reward on earth, what will you collect in heaven? Do you remember when Jesus said in first Timothy, uh, Matthew 6, he said something and he said you have received your reward? Did it sound like a good thing or a bad thing? When Jesus tells you on earth you have received your reward, do you understand that there is no more reward? You don't? <laughs> Go and read Matthew 6. Jesus gave multiple examples and said <coughs> that there are situations where you have received your reward. When you have received your reward already, there's no more reward. You have received it. He said when you do things to be seen of men, that you have received your reward. That means don't expect any reward from me. He didn't say you're a bad person. He just said no more reward. You can't call a reward twice. Remember, it's almost time for asking questions. Yes, sir. <coughs> we are finishing in verse 24. Jeremiah. Eh? But let him who boasts, boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord. I am the one that is in charge. Let him that boast, boast in this, that he knows me. You want something to boast about? Know that he is the Lord. One Lord. The Lord which exercises loving devotion has said loving kindness, mercy, that word. Boast in that, that you know he's the Lord. That exercises mercy, kindness, goodness. That's what you're supposed to boast about. That you know this God, the real God. That mercy triumphs over judgment. You understand that God will rather you showed people kindness than prove how much you uphold justice even. God wants you to understand his heart that he's a God who would rather you showed mercy. Are you hearing me? That's what this passage says. He says he wants you to boast in this that you understand that you have understanding of what it means understanding. Many people don't understand that God would prefer mercy. I'm not even talking about people that have demons, demons of cruelty. They say, well, the Lord's there and he's just happy to hurt people. No. Now, there are times when discipline is needed, justice is needed. There are times people have to be sent to the gallows in the laws of men. God allowed it. But he didn't. He delights. He prepares. He exercises mercy. Loving kindness. Are you listening? He also exercises justice. And he exercises righteousness. Mishpot and Sedeka. In the... Where does he exercise it? 
not in heaven on, on earth. I am the God who wants to see the three things. I'm the God who, when you see this, no, I'm involved. You see mercy being shown to people. I am that, the one behind it. That's what he told Nebuchadnezzar. That's what Nebuchadnezzar did not understand. And it's why he had the dream of a big tree being cut down. And Daniel told him, ha, oga, oga. Show has said, show mercy to the poor. Maybe God will extend your time of peace. People keep talking about how Nebuchadnezzar was proud. He was. He disobeyed God. How was he proud? Is it by going around and saying, I build this? That's the big deal there. Is he the first person that said he built something? The big deal was that he had not followed the instructions he was given on how to extend his time of peace. He was supposed to show mercy to the poor. He was supposed to do good. He was supposed to act differently. Let's look at the book of Daniel. Chapter 4. Verse 27. Therefore, my, my advice be pleasing to you, O king. Are you hearing? He didn't ask him for his advice, but he liked him enough to tell him, May my advice be pleasing to you, O king. Read with me. Break away from your sins by doing what is right. Say righteousness. And from your Iniquities by showing mercy to the oppressed. Perhaps there will be an extension of your prosperity. Want to know what these words mean? Uh, because again, with all the error in the brains of people, you say, yay, prosperity, you see, they will continue being rich. Do you really think, it wouldn't even make sense if it's talking about riches. Shalave is tranquility, safety. There'll be an extension of your peace, your safety, not of your, not of money. Huh? Yes. This is Chaldee language, not Hebrew. It's Chaldee, Babylonian language. You know, this record is Babylonian. Canaan is mercy or favor. So he gave the king advice and said he should show kindness to the oppressed. Some translations, many say poor. Show mercy to the poor. Show mercy to the needy. Don't be cruel to the needy. Remember, I think about two or three or four Wednesdays ago, we studied, we're looking where we saw Matthew 25, and I showed you especially the spiritual dimension of Matthew 25, verse 31. The fourth way, he said, when I was hungry, when I was thirsty, and I showed you how someone can be hungry, thirsty, all of that spiritually, and you are supposed to. That's why God sent you to satisfy those needs. How will you do it? What will it cost you? It will cost you things of value, your time. It will cost you your money. 
those who don't throw their money in the direction of the things God's heart is in cannot really be said to love God. God is a spirit. By praying, you are giving. But by giving money, how do you show mercy to the poor? Is it by saying mercy, mercy? What does that mean? You show mercy to them by maybe creating laws that make things less harsh on them. You show mercy by actually making provision. Oh, you're so poor. This is how we will help you. You show mercy by anything you do that alleviates the effect of their being poor or oppressed. That's how you show them mercy. You don't show mercy by praying for them every time. Receive mercy. Praying for them spiritually to and breaking off whatever may be worrying them. That is mercy. But if you can do more than that, why shouldn't you do it? If you have a hundred loaves of bread behind this place and 50 people are in front of you hungry and you don't bring out the bread and give them one loaf each and you say, let me pray for you. James chapter 2 commands you not to pray that kind of prayer. He said, what kind of prayer is that? He starts saying, ah, Father, I ask that you visit this, our brethren. Let all of them have food in their houses. You can't be unserious like that. That's not showing mercy to the oppressed. You want to show them mercy? Give them bread. Is this clear? So he told him to break off his iniquity, his wrongdoing by showing mercy. Is not this great Babylon that I built for thy for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power? How did he do it? And by the honor of my majesty, by continuing to oppress. You built it. How did you do all of this? You taxed people crazily. You compelled them. You did also you didn't show mercy to them. Do you remember why after Solomon died, why the kingdom separated from him? They came to his son Rehoboam and they in summary said, Show us mercy. And the foolish young man went to his mates. Like some people do. You like going to your mates for wisdom. Don't go to your spiritual mates for wisdom. They don't have enough sense. If you are how you are, likely your mates might be like you too. Look for people that are more old spiritually. Are you hearing me? His name was Rehoboam. His father, who was the wisest man at this time, had wise men he listened to. This young man, it is said, ignored the counselors who used to counsel the wisest man on earth. Are you seeing the amount of wisdom involved here? Very little. Sorry, absent. The amount of wisdom involved in this guy that was, in fact, there was none, it seems. Be careful who you keep company with. And he came back and said, he said, my father, his waist is not the size of my small finger. If he flogged you with cane, I'll use scorpions to flog you. The people said, huh? So your tent, so Israel. And ten tribes got up like this and moved. That's how the kingdom divided. The guy said, ah, about you. God said, fight you. Go back. God said, don't fight them. Go back. He will not fight them. This is my will. He just helped. They're a catalyst. They were to divide. 
maybe who knows this time next time but you you have helped things move on you know god has things he intends to do but he won't necessarily do it while you are alive have you not read in the bible repeatedly say i'll not do it when you have you not heard him say i'll wait till the day of your children he told ahab directly he said i'll punish you and then the guy repented in his way <laughs> and god said okay i'll extend after he dies he had to hurry his death shah so same thing with Josiah, not just wicked Ahab. He, he, did, he told Josiah that he will not see the trouble he will bring on Jerusalem. So Josiah died young. Didn't die in a ripe old age. He died at the hands of Necho. Because he was not to see the judgments that will come. So sometimes God removes so who says he had to be doing Rehoboam's time? But it was doing Rehoboam's time. Because Rehoboam helped a lot. You know, he can be helpful and hurry judgment. Judgment. See me. See us here. Meanwhile, some people go like judgment. Wait first. There's a way you live your life. And judgment waits. Then when you're no more on the scene, it comes. That's why some people, when they're in a place... Involved. The moment they are removed, bam, bam, Dodman hits. How did he build his kingdom? By the might of his power and for the honor of his majesty. While the word was in his mouth, there fell a voice from heaven. Oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken. Bam, bam, bam. The guy went bonkers. How did you build it? You are still oppressing. He didn't obey the servant of God and his counsel. When you don't listen to counsel, things happen. That didn't have to happen. Okay? I'm sure you understand these things. Let him that boast, verse 24. Jeremiah chapter 9. Boast in this, that you understand and know me. I am the Lord who exercises loving, devotion, justice and righteousness. When I was speaking about Wealth. You don't boast in wealth. Understand God. He do what is right. For I delight in these things, declares the Lord. Delight in it. Delight in doing what is right. Delight in being merciful to the needy, to those who need support. Delight. Let live to be happy from this. You want, ah, no, I just love it when I travel for vacation. I've traveled here. My plan is to travel everywhere. How much does it cost? Ah, the flight ticket. I was, uh, I think I heard it's gone up to 522,000 now, but you know, last time I went, it was 400, you know. In fact, last year's one was better because the year before that was 420. Eh, for one, no, no, per person. That's one way. Eh, okay. So normally, yes. Every year, once or twice, I'll travel. We we go for no vacation. I'm hoping that before, you know, calculating the number of years, uh, we would have covered at least, you know. Um, so, guy, on average, flying to and fro, the flying only, not the hoteling, not the any other thing. Every year is minimum of how? About two million. Okay. God is good. Yes, so, my brother, God is good. This has always been my childhood dream. You see the problem with people? Of course, nobody does this thing I'm saying. 
Huh? Nobody I know personally. You just casually spend two million plus just for traveling. When you add the cost of hotels, change to dollars and all of that, you spend about five million yearly. And that's if you went once. Not that they invited you to preach. This is just a vacation because you have mapped out with a map. You have a map room. You have mapped out that you're going to travel everywhere. You don't care how much it costs. It's not that your congregation is that powerful, even if they are. So when you spend five million every year, five million in between, you're praying for people. Receive it. God will visit you. May God visit your family. They shout the amen and run and sow seed. You have four thousand. You came and put, you came and dropped two. You won't keep your two thousand and manage that four K. The person you brought it and kept at his feet has four hundred million in one of his accounts. One. That's the one for quick spending. May you lose the Nebuchadnezzar brain when it's under punishment. When you go home, interpret it. Don't God wants to punish someone. You don't give a Nebuchadnezzar brain. Bah! Start eating grass while your mates are eating food. I'm just saying that you don't boast in what you have. Now you're telling people, oh this, oh that. Oh, I am this, I'm having this, I am having that. It doesn't matter what you have. What God's interested in that you should have what God wants you to have is what he is interested in. What are the three things? Mercy, justice, and righteousness. Some translations say righteousness and justice because the word mishpot is often is used synonymously with sedek, sedeka, sedek, Melchizedek, sedek, king of righteousness. Zedek, Mishpot. This is, it is what it is. We all have to make a choice. If these three things are the things you focus on learning about God and you boast about this knowledge, you're a wise person. If you go after those other three things, which most people in the world go after, I'm sorry. If you're focused, if you're pursued, he said, if you want to boast, boast of this. Ah! People, <laughs> hey, if you know what happened yesterday, do you know I was walking on the road? God said, go back. I said, what? He said, go back. Hey. I, now I look back. I only saw one scruffy looking fellow like this standing somewhere. Or one girl that was sitting on the corner facing a cousin. Say, go back. I went back to so I said, go, what should I do? Say, give her that money. I said, which one? I had just withdrawn 15,000 naira that my uncle from uh, this thing called me. He said, give it. 
I started binding. Every voice, every voice that is not of God. After I finished binding, as I was binding, I was walking away slowly. He said, go back. He said, Che. And he reminded me, he said, what do you read this one in the Bible? I said, what did I read? And I thought back, I now remember, Jesus, if you see me on the road, I say, oh God, God, you have finished me. Do you know why I read this morning? Say, any of you that gives to, try, brethren. <laughs> I cried real tears, though. No, I went back, brought it down like this. Tapped her on the shoulder, I said, take. She took it and looked at me like, I want to, oh my, God. I said, shout it, I don't run, I don't run like this, man. When you want to boast, boast of things like that. Now, I'm not saying you should go around telling people what your arms giving is. I'm saying boast about how, you know, I was in this place and this happened and that happened. And I said, eh, I mean, I cannot do the wrong thing. Oh. Me, I'll not bow. Now, remember Shedra and Meshach and Abednego. That's how they told me, get out of here. You think you're better than everyone else. Get out. That's why I came from L. <laughs> The Bible says you want to boast. Boast about that. Let someone come and say, do you know yesterday one of our brothers was kicked out of the place he went for an interview. They kicked him out. They say, you know, righteousness is more righteous than the righteous one. He said the way they shout, he said as he was living, they pushed him in the back. He couldn't understand it. Just because the man asked him, what if this, this happens? He said, you tell the truth. He said, me, EFCC. He said, you tell the truth. It's me you want to kill. Get out of here. And then, justice. So, he said, let your boasting. It is why, story for those who don't understand the concepts. The boasting should be about the closest thing to this word boasting that you should understand is what you call in Pentecostal circles, testimony time. Did you hear me? Uh, he said, your stories, let be stories of this. These are the stories we should be telling because it challenges others to do the same. Because the God we serve, that's his character. He's the one who became a human being, pretended and gave everything. This is our God. Not the one, uh, I want to testify. Now it's okay to say, oh, we went for a competition and I won. We've had testimonies like that. We're excited about it. But God said that's not what you should boast about. That's not what you should keep as your record whenever you're introducing yourself. Well, I'm the first, you know, winner of the da-da-da-da. I am the this, I am the that. God said, no, that should not. You can come and tell us when something happens. But that most times may be the beginning and end of it. Too. It's why you won't hear me come here and talk about it over and over again. No, what you hear me talk about over and over again are acts of mercy, righteousness, and justice. Do you understand? Not because I'm... But because God said, when I'm boasting, sharing testimony should be about such things. Do you understand? Okay. Now I thought I'll share other things, but I want, I'll take questions. So we can do and come and go. I want to read this thing again for you before I leave that place. 
we are called to be the ox that tread the corn. And even though our mouths will not be muzzled, we will be eating some of the corn as we are walking. We will partake. I just stopped and showed you those passages. We will never forget that we are there to tread out the corn and not to fill our mouths. Do you understand? They didn't say, go and bring the oxen to fill their mouths. They say, bring the oxen to tread the corn. And in the process, when he wants to eat, let it eat too. Do you understand? They didn't say, go and look for, uh, we need people to eat this thing. That's not why you were brought. God did not bring you to eat. People mix this up. So you now think that the reason you were brought was to come and fill your mouth, fill your pockets, fill your accounts. That's not why you were brought here. You were brought to tread out the corn so the honors can use it to meet the needs of the population. Now, in the process of your serving the body, you may partake. That's exactly how everyone that is a child of God should relate to money. If your mind doesn't think that way, you don't understand. You get into trouble because you think the reason God brought you was just to fill your mouth. He brought you to produce harvest for others. You are a partaker in the harvest. You are not the reason for the harvest. The generality, the large percentage of the harvest is for others. But you, oh, ox, may take part. Sorry, do you know that oxen don't live on grain? They live on grass. Yes. There's this rubbish Americans are doing and other countries because of greed, wanting so much money and they feed cows with corn and all that. It was not their food. They eat grass. That's what they created to eat. That's their natural thing. They lick up the grass. Have I seen a cow eat before? It looks like it's licking. It wraps its tongue around it and grass. That's how it eats, you know? So, the way you are to think about, <coughs> excuse me, the way you are to think is to eat and depend and be strengthened from what God gives you and then in the process of serving also partake in the things you are in the areas you are brought to labor in it's okay people who walk in the hotel sleep where in the hotel no? those who serve in the temple and to eat from the temple first Corinthians 9 we didn't read that part is there I, I don't think we read it. Who's there? You partake. But how many of you know that the sacrifices, they didn't bring all the sacrifices to the temple to offer for you? Huh? No. But you partake in it. But it was not brought for you. It was brought for God and his purposes. Is this clear? So the tithes, the offerings, the givings that people bring, it is not for you. You partake in it. It is... That there may be food in my house. Are you the only member of the house? All right. All right. Where are those questions? You have any other questions? You didn't send it. Raise your hand. Let me see. All right. If you do have, send it in. I hope for us to be out soon. Is it only six questions this person could come up with? Who permit them for? Don't mind yourself. Just 
I'll answer the one I like. He sat down and came up with six exam questions. You know when I finished school? <laughs> if you have questions about anything I've said, make sure you ask before we pray. Israelites are called circumcised, but only the males are. So what happens to the females? The males are a picture of the males and females. Eh? It's mankind, hmm? not womankind. To every man is problem. Is it right for a pastor to allow a person in his church? What has this to do with... And So let me encourage you. This other one at least, it has to do with what they ask. When you ask me any question that has nothing to do with what we studied, I reserve a right not to answer you. Is it right for a preacher to forcefully separate married people? Because the Bible says do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. So the preacher forcefully separated them. How? What did he use? I don't understand how the preacher can forcefully separate people who, who enter the same car and go home. Did he use police? How? Did he use the police to separate them? He could have forcefully separated people who didn't want to be separated. Though. So this your question is bias. Write it again and send it here and be honest. What advice would you give to someone who does not really have much but needs to support his parents and also give to the church? Yeah. You don't want to give to the church. Rather, you want to. What advice? Let me leave that side. Let me answer your question. My advice is you should work hard on a good job that will allow you to give. Um, Ephesians 4 verse 28. You should not steal. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing good with his own hands that he may have something with the one in need. To share with the one in need, okay? So, how does this work? Is to have something to share with the one who is in need. Who is in need? His parents are in need. Who else is in need? The servants of God are in need for the work of the ministry. And all that. Yeah, I hope you know. I've said this many times. Like here, another proper, if they are doing what is right. What you give is not just for the preacher or for the pastors or the leaders or anybody that needs support in the leadership. They are amongst those who need support and they are, they are supposed to be supported. You know, those who serve, who live to serve the body, who give that extra time of service, they are meant to be supported too. If they need, they shouldn't. First Corinthians 9, you have to hang around there. It says, who goes to war at his own expense? Of course, it's a rhetorical question. The answer is no one. You shouldn't go to war. You, you don't pack all your things and sell and then go and carry guns and buy, spend all your money on buying things for the other soldiers. No, it's the people you're fighting for that support you in the war. It's a very simple thing. First Corinthians 9, you cannot find it. Maybe, maybe, who goes to war at his own expense? Shouldn't go to war at your own expense. Okay? 
BSB says in verse 7, Who serves as a soldier at his own expense? Who plants a vineyard and does not eat of its fruit? Who tends a flock and does not drink of its milk? You see, multiple examples. So you're told, the answer is what? No one. Like it's against God's will. Why? Because in all labor, there's, there's profit, there's gain. You shouldn't not gain. All right? Now, if you see someone who is not gaining what he's entitled to, he made the choice not to. But it's not God's will for him not to. Okay. How do you support parents? I found it amusing that you made, you said parents and also give to the church. It means you say they drag. I would advise you, one, work hard. If you're lazy, it will be impossible. And many people don't give or can't give because they are lazy. That's the only reason. It's not because of this or that. It's because they are lazy. They are too lazy to think or to work to give. The mindset is when I have, I'll give. But the Bible didn't say when you have, give. He said you should go and walk with your hands so you can give. It's it's not, uh, you know, you look at yourself, oh, I'm not giving. Oh, I wish I could give. Very good. What a wonderful heart. Now go and walk so you can give. If you don't walk so you can give, and you keep thinking, you know, because again, I can speak on this a bit boldly. I still struggle, but I shouldn't. Because we, as a church, as a pastor, I've gone out of my way to be, I believe, what would be a good example of someone that does not uh, abuse people financially or materially, you know, at all. Rather, I've done the opposite of supporting people, uh, church, God's church, God's people, with what comes in. I've shared it even when it was nearly nothing, even when it was nothing and nearly nothing, even what I had and when nothing came from the church. I've always lived like that. But the truth is, so I can speak with confidence, like I shouldn't have any guilt and say, I'm feeling guilty now. Uh, I'm not worthy to say it. No, I can say it. I've acted differently from many, many, many servants of God. You know, I've not been dishonest. I've not lived for myself. I've used God's money, as I often say, for God's purpose. I've used church money for church people too. All right. That's how we have lived. And I hope to do better and better. But the whole point is this. I can speak on this with some. So I observed with time that many people wouldn't. The mindset was that I don't have enough to give. And I caused a lot of that because where they're coming from, they were told to give. Whether they had or not or little or not, they were told. I repeatedly told them not to worry till they stopped. So they went to the other extreme and they were not giving. Rather, they they helped others outside too and did whatever they did, but it was very bad. But I've also drawn a balance a couple of times in the years following that, that, hey, don't make that mistake many people make where you now tell yourself, oh, I never have enough to give. Oh, I can never have this because I don't, uh, I have too little to give. Why? Because the story in the Bible where Jesus spoke about the widow woman, what she gave was very little, but she gave. Not once did you hear Jesus say, Madam, come, take your money back. He didn't even think of it. He said she gave more than everyone else. Why? Because God judges based on what you have left. So his attitude to her giving was not, she shouldn't have even given. He didn't say that. He didn't say that. 
Rather, he prioritized mercy. He, Matthew 23, he prioritized mercy. He said, hey, your focus ought to be on giving <clears throat> to assist those that need mercy, faithfulness, and justice. Instead of focusing on a formal, okay, I've given 10% of the pepper, the onions, and the tomatoes, which is what the Pharisees were teaching. He said, no, he said they are weightier things. So the weightier thing is look at someone in need of you, in front of you in need, or they are calling you, oh, 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 your auntie Do is sick, oh, auntie Do used to live with you people for a long time, you know, and then she went home and, and she was with her husband, and, and, and the child is calling you, her uncle, I did it, I did it, I did it, they did. the hospital, we are at the hospital, they say she needs blood, say she needs blood, you know, and, and two bags, they say 28,000 there. I say, hey, yeah, sorry, tell your father, I, I wish, how? I have nothing on me. What do you have? You have your 30,000 naira tight, but you don't touch it. As a guy of confusion, Jesus did like, he said, you don't even understand what you're doing. So, okay, tight. Oh, oh. Then you have to pay tomorrow. When you go to the church meeting, you go and give it. Which is part of why I used to, you know, if you want to hear me talk about tight, you need to go back to, to 16, 17, 18. Again, for balance sake, I don't say that much these days. But I don't, I haven't changed my mind about anything I said that. It's just that people get confused. So sometimes I don't want to confuse you. Wait, you will not give the lady the money because it's your type. You don't understand. The weightier law is that you show mercy. It's very different if you are taking it and giving already and then you say, I don't have it now. That your mind thinks, no, this one is untouchable. It's my type. Why? This is the false teaching of tithing that has been taught in the church. That if you touch that money, God will strike with everything that is associated with your name. Ah, no, there's nothing you can do. This one you don't touch. God takes it personally. No, the weightier matter. He called it the weightier. It's weightier than tithe. In fact, that's not even the reason for tithe. Tithe was for showing mercy. Tithe was how they forgot the what God meant. Why tithe was given. They thought tithe was given. So men of God, like now, they, for their stomachs to be fat. Tithe was given to provide for the needy in Israel. The orphans, the widows, the strangers, and the Levites. Four classes of people. That's the reason for tithing in the first place. It's not about saying 10%, calculating it down to it. No, it is about saying, have I supported the needy? Or did I just think of myself like Nebuchadnezzar? Oh, look at what I've achieved. Look at what I've achieved. Have you forgotten that we God, what he cares for is mercy. Have you forgotten he wants you to do justice? Help make justice happen where it's needed. There are things that are needed that need to be done. Then there are things that don't, that matter little. They matter but little. He said they should have done the one, the tight thing, and not forgotten the other. You, you, you do the two. Why are you? I've told you before, the people that saw the Good Samaritan story, 
The first person that passed was a, one was a priest, one was a Levite. You don't, you know when you touch a, they, that man could be dead. Or while they are touching him, he dies. Do you understand? You'll be unclean for seven days. Do you understand that? You will not be able to minister in church. And remember the Levites, temple duty was their work. Oh yes, you didn't understand the story he was telling. The story he was telling is that the more important thing was to help that man. Mercy, instead of your love, this thing. Can't you miss? By next year, you may have another chance to be in the temple. The guy, I mean, they passed the man, not because they are devils, but because, you know, I'm a priest. He could have said Jews. You know, he purposely told you their job description. They especially were not supposed to, priests were not to touch any dead person, except their relative. You don't understand. Priests could not touch any dead person except a father, mother, wife child when they died in the law of Moses. They couldn't touch their, their neighbor. They were not allowed to touch. That Jesus see, there are many reasons they didn't like Jesus. It's because you're not a Jew. When you hear him telling parables, you're not even hearing him well. He was What he was describing is taboo. Are you saying I should touch a near dead person? Don't you know I'm a priest? The Bible doesn't say he was dead. It said he was beaten and wounded. You should have touched him. If he died, what's the worst thing that can happen? You'll be unclean. You'll not be able to celebrate the first Passover. You can celebrate the second one. If he falls within the seven days where you couldn't. At most, you'll be non-functional for a while. Oh, people expect me. People expect me. So let them expect. I was doing my father's will of showing mercy. I was doing justice. I was showing kindness. I was doing what is right. That's the primary thing. Do you understand this? It's not about um, you know, I must, I must, you know, there's this thing I must do. I hope you understand this. Oh yeah, question paper. Uh, sorry, term paper or law exam. Did Jesus conquer all authority, dominions, principalities and powers at his death and resurrection or will he do those when he returns? Because First Corinthians 15, 24 seems to differ from Colossians 2, 15 and Matthew 28 verse 18 and Daniel 7 verse 14. Please, someone tell me what I thought that involves this question. And I talked about orders and all that, but do you think this came from my teaching today? Two, how can what goes into a man not defile him, but rather what comes out of him? Because the sin of sexual immorality, for instance, is not committed without, but within. It started within, it came out. But what did I teach that involves this? I think you came with this question from whom? Three, what is the thin line between constantly asking questions in meetings or personally and asking the Holy Spirit to just explain things to you? Who said the line is thin? <laughs> you shall just say, what is the line between? You say, oh, the thin line. <laughs> You're funny. All right. What's the line between asking questions and asking the Holy Spirit? He didn't phrase this question well. Yep. Okay. I think what you mean is, should I do the, should I, do this one, or should I just ask the Holy Spirit? You should do the two. You should form a habit of doing personal things. Now, listen to me, whoever gave me this homework. Do unto others as you want done to you. So I'm doing back to you as you have sought to do to me. Show me your right top. Send it to my number. Send it to your shepherd. Let him send it to me if you don't have. You answer this and tell me what you think. So you say it seems to defer. Whatever it is you asked here, in question number one, answer it. 
send it. Me, I want to read what you think. Then I'll give my input. If you have it, I'll go like, awesome, you hit, you nailed it on the head. If you don't have it or you have half, you hit it halfway. I'll say, yes, I agree with one, two, three, but this. But if you are lazy, which is often what, why you people ask, some people ask certain questions. You're not lazy. That's all. You don't want to say, you want someone to labor for you. Nobody used to labor for me or me. I used to walk these things out by myself. So carry your notebook, carry your Bible or Bibles. Then go to school. Just like you did when you were in school. Take this thing seriously. Me, I believe in people taking things seriously. Take God's matter seriously. It's more serious than all the other things you're serious about. One day you understand. So ask questions in meetings. Okay, but if you have that question before the meeting, try and ask the Holy Spirit. Do you get? And then based on what you get, you can now still ask it or ask what's left. Or ask, not necessarily meeting. If you're a church member, you have someone who you're accountable to your, you know, what do we call them? Shepherds. But you can call them anything like accountability partner, call them, you know, discipler, call them. I don't, what, what do they call people? I'm not hearing you. Mentors. Yeah, ask your mentors. Okay. So talk to those people about some of these things, but try first. Learn how to study the scripture, which we, I, I got out of my way to teach over and over again. Learn how to study the scriptures. Learn how to put, compare spiritual to spiritual. First Corinthians 2. Learn how to compare this, this. Learn how to use a reference Bible or your Bible in, put in the reference, uh, option. If you have all these Bibles that don't link to anything, your verses is wrong. If you have my sword, go to the settings. If it doesn't show something after the verse, an additional thing you click on and it pops up other similar verses. That's how references work. So compare. And it's too, many people just don't know how to do these things. You should. If your shepherd would have shown you, if you sat with your mentor and said, hey, can you show me? I, the church appoints a mentor for everyone. So, you know, even our online people, people that have never come here before in Lagos, they have online, people outside the country have mentors. So if you're here and you don't have, uh, I don't know. And if you have and you don't ask them these questions, there's a problem. Which should not exist. It means you're disobedient. Don't be disobedient. So when you're not contented, but most times I say you should ask questions at the end of a meeting. It's arising from what I was teaching. My question, I'm asking you to respond to what I've said by saying, hey, this and that. If you kept this from long before, I would be troubled. Why did you not ask it before? Why do you keep it for here? But if you have a question arising from what I say, you should ask it. I hope this is clear. Don't wait and say, I'll go and study it. No, ask it at once. If, if someone says, ask me questions, but as much as possible because of time and other things, there are 90 something percent of the time I answer. In fact, 99% of the time I answer every question I'm asked. But increasingly, I want to reduce that. I want to reduce that so that if someone is listening to this message, they can say, this is what was studied. The question flowed with it. Not bringing something which my teacher nature will try to explain and explain. Then we use another 30 minutes. For every point you answer, the more you have to say to bring clarity. Alright? Instead, keep the question very safe. On the day we talk about what you're asking. Or on a normal day. Or talk to your mentor about it. If you're not contented with the answer, tell them, they, they, many times, 
people's mentors, they send me questions. They just send me. They say someone is asking me. Some, they drop it on the leaders group. They call leadership. They say, please, I need an answer to this. And one person may answer, or two or three, and they put together the composite and give you. Yes, that's the beauty of farming. <clears throat> Whether they told you or not, me, I've told you now. I told you before. I'm telling you now. I'll tell you again later. <laughs> Someone does not have to be the one. You know, sometimes we know the answer. Sometimes we don't know it so well. Sometimes we forget. There are things I've answered. If you ask me again, I don't know. It's terrible. But I've read things, heard things I said. I'm like, wow, wow, that's, then, ah, that's my voice. Because me, the Holy Spirit's inspiration that came when the answer came is not there at that moment. <coughs> I hope you understand. Uh, at what point do we stop boasting in our weakness? Uh-huh. That's the question I thought. You boast in your weakness. Yes, Paul said so. When does it become a sin? When you take pride in it, then it becomes a sin. When you boast of your weakness to end up saying, so I am, so I will not do what I should do because I'm such a sinner. So, 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 so that's why I said I will not join the group anymore. That's why I'm withdrawing myself. You give account because that's one of the things that servants may have said when he stopped doing anything. When his master showed up, it was not good. Okay. What happened to him? Your boasting of your weakness. And by the way, I don't know if you understand what weakness is. Weakness is the thing that shows you're incapable to be weak. You can't move. Okay? You're weak because you can't move. You are, you are struggling. You are in that area. You, you struggle. I can't, I can't, I'm so afraid of preaching. Like some days ago, there was there a church meeting. Oh no, no, I was in Illorin. And I said, how many of you, you've never gone out to preach to anybody before? Or even in our own family meeting some weeks ago. And some people raised their hand. I said, go with, I told Illorin people, go with, how many of you normally go out to preach? Some raised. I said, pair up with them and go along. That's all. Now, if you now, Boast about how weak you are and how me, I never go out. I can never come early for a meeting. I can never share if they put me in front of a group of people. I can never lead a Bible study. I can never. It becomes a sin when it becomes clear disobedience. It's not a matter of the child being afraid to walk, that it will fall. The child can walk, has been known to run and refuses. And when you say stand up, he refuses to stand up. Then you know you have a problem. That's a sin. It's called willful disobedience. It's not weakness, person. They tell you, come and share, and your hand is shaking. You're, oh God, you're holding this thing so tight. We start hearing crack, crack, crack. Today, I would, I, 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 I would like to, let's just pray. That's weakness. But after you've done this 42 times, and every time they tell you, please go and share, you say, you know I can't. You know, you, you're now you're a liar. Now you're despising the spirit of grace. Now you're an annoying person. Very annoying. And if you're not careful, God will take it away from you. Well, to be honest, from my experience, you may not take it for the next 2,000 times. But if you're not careful, like if you keep... that, Now that's a sin. Because you know that His grace is sufficient. You have seen it. 
you have stood and shared and people were blessed and they told you different you had testimonies last time when our brother was sharing here you know everything he says is exactly what god what god had told me that morning you heard it you heard then you keep doing a wicked sinner that's not humility that's false humility that's is annoyance to me let's not talk about it because the more i think about it the more annoyed i will get because they are annoying people like that just annoying it's false humility which is a form of the worst kind of pride they, they like being begged they want you to beg them please share now but you can do it you can do it. me i never i don't even have their time i don't tell them i'm walking i don't have their time at all i'm not I, i'm not made for foolishness they are the kind of people they will now send to Somalia. So they will stop doing nonsense. When does it become a sin? When you are not boasting weakness. When you are prideful and you want to be begged and followed around and, and, and you are willfully disobedient and you call it weakness. Why does a part of the scriptures condemn faith without works? But at the same time also condemns those with just works. Did I say anything about anything like this? There was a thing about not telling people I'll pray for you for food instead of giving them the food. Ah, this person, you must be a visitor. I've thought on faith and works thoroughly. Please go and listen to messages, please. Huh? Don't make the mistake many people make. Brother or sister, whoever sent these questions. Don't make the mistake many people make. Where you, you visit God once in a two months, once in a year. Don't be like that. Come to God consistently and daily. Don't do this one-time massive. Don't approach God that way. Approach God line upon line. Line upon line. Be that kind of Christian. Be that kind of student. Don't say, okay, today I'm coming to church. I'll ask all the questions. Because likely tomorrow I'll not go to church. Don't be like that. Be consistent in what you do. Be consistent. <coughs> so do you want those with just works <coughs> to be praised you are never supposed to trust in your works you are supposed to trust in God how? by doing righteous works what are righteous works? it's what you are created for in Ephesians 2 verse 10 righteous works are the works God says you should do alright the works God, the Bible condemns is the works you come up with and say, I will do this, therefore God will say I'm good. No, those are dead works. When the law of Moses was in force, before the new covenant was inaugurated, you abided by the law of Moses to be considered acceptable to God, but it wouldn't justify you. Then God brought the righteousness which is by faith, Romans 10. If you now despise the righteousness which is by faith, which comes from trusting what the Lord, calling Jesus Lord and believing in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you now say, no, I want to follow the ancient way. That is works without faith. 
it's not righteous. It's not a righteous work because it's not the right work. Do you understand? I'll end that point. Whether you understand or not. Go and listen to the audio again. It's simple. I tell you, come and pick up this microphone and give to her. And you stand up and lift up the whole lectern, which is much heavier. And everybody says, wow, you're so strong. And you move it away. Are you to be praised? You should be beaten up. That's your righteousness. The instruction you were given. I tell you, please. I need to do an example. Please, can you just give me that your notebook? Uh, that, that one. And you stand up and start collecting people's notebooks. What are you doing? Is that what I told you to do? That's what the works you're describing is. He told you what to do. Or he told you, just come. And you stood and started packing your bag. I said, mm. say, now I want to be ready. Or you ask for a mirror. You start making, what are you doing? This is what many Christians get confused about. The work God expects of you is to come. John 6, 28. 29, this is, so what work? Say the work which God is that you believe in him who in whom he sent. You should believe the words of the one who told you, come. That's all I want you to do. Just come. Instead of coming up with your own trivia. Finally, what is the line between using prophetic words as a guide and being totally dependent on them? Or is it okay so long as the words are true? Did I say anything about this? Using prophetic words as a guide and being totally dependent. You, what line are you looking for? You want to be totally dependent on prophetic words. What does scripture say? Are you permitted? There are three that bear witness in the earth. The spirit, the water, and the blood. You, you want only the spirit. Enjoy. But it will not end well with you. Because by the mouth of two witnesses, matters are established. And a three-fold cord is not easily broken. Your own will be broken before you begin. Because you are disobeying scripture. Jesus said you do err because you do not know the scriptures nor the, nor the power of God. The power of God is what will come when the Holy Spirit comes. So you don't know the spirit, neither do you know the scriptures. So that's your line. Do do whatever you like with line. You like lines. I don't know. What you got to do this line? You know, the line between using prophetic words as a guide. Prophetic words are... The breath of the spirit. It's your father writing you a letter called the scriptures. And then he calls you and says, I hope you saw the letter. Yeah, you know that place I said, uh, uh, donkey. I don't mean a real donkey. I mean the, you know, I mean that donkey, uh, office. You know it's now, number 25. Yes. So go to donkey. They will give you the right size. All right. Bye. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He, he gives understanding. Enlightens your eye. He breathes on what he had written. He says more. He gives clarity. Is this clear? Uh, please, my question is from where you talked about the, the Good Samaritan. Like, I've heard a lot of pastors who <coughs> take delight in telling uh, stories of, uh, let's say, how maybe their wives were sick or a relative, a loved one, and they were still on, you know, preaching and doing all manner of things. Some, some of them even go on to telling how they lost their parents or their wife, but they still go on to preach. 
So I want to know the balance with the explanation you gave before. Like, in this case where having to touch a dead body will make the person unclean and he will have to sacrifice his being in that program where he's going to and just attend to this particular circumstance that needs mercy instead of going to be in that program to preach. So what is the balance like? Should you go here or should you attend to this person at the moment or the time? You know, I did not say that that guy was dead. Huh? Yes, sir. You, okay. I understood two. I said different scenarios. I said possible. I hope you know. I did not say that that guy was dead before he got and create say something. I did not say. Yes, sir. Okay. The book of Luke chapter ten tells us the story about Samaritan. Your question is really that: Is it mercy that someone's relative is dead? If they are dead, what can you do? Not really dead. Half dead. Okay. Wait them. If they are dead and the guy is doing ministry work and they are still dead, they are dead. Dead is dead. Uh, if they are sick or if they cannot possibly get there in time to be of any relevance, they should ask the Lord, what should I do? But they are servants of God. They are so dedicated to their duty. The mindset is, I can't do anything. They are in your hand, oh Lord. So here are 20,000 people gathered, or you have a chance to bring help to all these people. You, your flight just landed. You bought the next flight and head back. Why? Is it because you're God? Can God keep the person? Did God tell you to come here? Did God know that person will be in this dire trouble? Fast God. Then you go back. Just drop God and just go back to practice Godhood. I don't know. I think you should. Go. I think the God who sent you there knew. You know, it's because I believe God knows everything. I think God knows everything. I think God knew what would happen. So I think if they even knew, either they shouldn't have told you yet till you finish what you're doing. Um, they tell you. And you decide. I mean, the only is even good is if they are dying, they are dying. Abraham's when they said he should kill him. You don't understand? In Abraham's test, God told him to kill the son. The only son told him to kill him. What will you do in that case? Obeying God can be hard. I heard a servant of God, a preacher, say he prayed, his child died, was crying. He prayed, and someone came and knocked the door and said, my child is sick, please go and pray for him. And God said, go. He said, see my dead child. Is it not being a servant? Uh, servants now, labor law, you use labor law against God and say, God, The summary and the real answer I could have just given and God my ways. In every situation, let people talk to their God. Say, Father, what should I do? Do I go back now? Or do I? This child, as we are coming out of the house to enter the car on Sunday morning, 
I really need to be there by 8 o'clock. The child fell down and hurt their knee badly. And he said, sorry, sorry, enter the car. And the blood is dripping. Enter the car, let's rush. Cannot be late. Because of that, you don't clean the wound. You don't attend to it. You don't do anything. Because you're in a hurry. Because if you're not there by 8, the angels that were sent for that meeting, you all turn back. Go back. No. Different situations require. So if you're referring to people who endured through much pain, they paid the price. Am I meant to bash them? It's not me and you. Am I going to bash the man who traveled a long distance to go and present, got a telegram? Oh, your wife is so sick or your child is so sick. What I would do is say, Father God, please keep them by your mighty hand. What Again, the God will allow you to come all the way down. Didn't he know? So if you just hurry back to a corpse, if God, and these are things I know God can do. God can keep you, if he can deal with exams and with other things. Anyone here ever prayed and said, God, if you want this to happen for me or this and that, let it be shifted, let this happen. Anyone? Does he do it? So how much more this one? Has it occurred to you that God took you away so the person will live peacefully? Huh? Has it not occurred to you that God took you away so the person can pass peacefully? Other than that, that you would have done fasting and you would have slept. You would have stayed all night at the end of which the person will still die. So God is saving you from that. Allowed you to eat very well and go for the program. You have a problem with God being like that. Okay, you rather do what David did where he lay on his face for seven to eight days. Fast and pray. Then the child, child got up. Daddy, is that what happened? What happened to the child? Did God tell him the child there? Did he believe? He was busy begging God. He didn't understand. He was used to God hearing his prayers. Then he mega goofed. And God said, he didn't even understand that the law had been activated against him. Four for one. But Nathan told him, he said, you took the one sheep of the, the man. David opened his mouth and said, he will give four. He quoted Exodus 22. He said, if it's a sheep that is taken, you return four. So Nathan the prophet brought the interpretation. Oh, that a certain man. So he, David said, he will return for. Ah, no, Sabi said, Sabi Bible. Then Nathan now, now, I say, you are the man. She. Four David's sons died, neat, one after another. That was just the first. You don't pray away such things. You don't, when God is, when the king sits to judge, that, he's before you should have done it, not when they have sat down. <coughs> Judgment mode activated. Could just be careful how you pray. Don't waste time. That eight days fasting, David fasted seven days. Total losing weight for nothing. If it was the year before. Uh-huh. But not after this matter. No, now David. He didn't understand. So that's when David learned and uh, the severity of his God. He had known his kindness. You understand? Uh, he, he, he needed classes again. God gave him that. So, David got up from there. That son was not the only son. So it's not a matter. Did you hear him fast for any of the others? He didn't. 
He didn't bother. He, uh, he started learning. One died. Then the next one killed the brother. Then the next one tried to overthrow him. Then after David was no more in the picture, though he may still have been alive, his Solomon killed his Adonijah, his son, whom he had never told no in his life. Four sons, one after, they all died. It took years, but the four went. Because since four for one, according to the law of God. Why did that happen? First Timothy 5. Some men since go before them. Some follow after. God was like, I don't want anything following you after. We need to resolve all your issues while you're still on earth. Many people don't understand these things. I've thought on it in the past, but many people don't understand. There are people who, all your matter, God, they settle them here. You say, why? Is it only me? It's mercy. You're a big head. You don't even know when you're showing mercy. That's why you should know the Bible. It's pure mercy. The other people, after they've died, the things are lining or waiting for judgment day. They now start coming out. You don't want your stuff waiting. <laughs> you don't. You want it settled here. Or the one that they've kept quiet, kept quiet. Then on the day of graduation, all your mates, they say, they call you out, stand this side. I beg, let them flog in SS2. You don't agree? Let them flog in SS2. Let them flog in SS3, first term. It's not when you finish graduation. They call names. You're getting ready. You have iron your clothes. They don't call you. They're like, what's happening here? They say they betelled you. You see that thing that happened that time? Yes. That's what this judgment day is. Very bloody day. May you be afraid of the day of judgment. Oh, may you not believe nonsense. Oh, may you be terrified. No, we cannot be afraid. If you are afraid like that, if you are afraid like that, what will happen? The Bible says through the fear of God, men depart from sin. Well, that one too is a lie. It's through the fear of God we depart from sin. If we love him, we obey him. Is it love or fear? God mixes them. Jesus, Jesus, Son of God, did he love his father? In the days of his flesh, he was heard in that he feared. <laughs> oh, all the scriptures nobody wants to preach. Oh, God, give me this passage. He was heard in that he feared. He offered prayers loudly. Crying loudly. He was heard. Hebrews 5, 7. The next verse tells you it was a son. Then obedience to what he suffered. We don't like this. What is it? Don't give me all this reverence thing. Give me King James. Same reverence. Some nafugus and reverence. Nobody understands properly when you keep saying reverence. Reverence? Oh, I need there. Oh, yeah, you want to read? Want to read with me? Who in the days of his flesh, 
when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. Verse 8. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. He went on to tell you that even though he was a son, oh, you now come. What are you? You're a child. Come with pridefulness and call it faith. It's not faith. It's foolish pride. God said to Abraham, Now I know that you not love me. Now I know that you fear me. It was so real for Isaac. They said the God of Abraham, the pure Isaac. That was his official title. That was God. Not once, not twice. God's name for Isaac was the fear of Isaac. I don't know if he used to remember as his father carried the knife. And all of you that think that was a small boy, was not a small boy. All that they tied him. Forget all that talk. Abraham was an old man. A hundred and something. Far gone. That guy was probably 30. You don't know where they were about to kill him. Mount Moriah. Where Jesus died. That's where. Where the temple was built. That is where they took him on. Ah, God is always painting now. God paints his pictures very accurately. Mount Moriah. That's where. He was a shadow of things to come. He's the promised seed, not seeds. Seed. Isaac was a picture of the Lord Jesus. And he was taken there. Now it's just a picture, so they couldn't actually kill him. But what is, is. For those who have done the Genesis 22. Go and read the story. Then you want to know if they built the temple there. Yes, Second Chronicles chapter 3 verse 1. That is where. Exactly in the Second Chronicles. Give me Second Chronicles 3 1. So they see it. Just write it down and go and look at it later. That is where the house of the Lord was built on Mount Moriah. Alright, the other one is Genesis 22 verse 2. Take your son, go to the land of Moriah. Offer him there on one of the mountains, which I will show you. Why didn't he tell him to offer him behind the tent? No, it had to be Mount Moriah. Because God said, you read the scriptures, Jesus said, it testifies of, testifies of me. Jesus, as he was hanging there, the temple was there. You know, but this Solomon's temple. In the same area. The names had changed, but we know it was the same area. Because as he hung there, the temple cut and split. The land of Moriah. The place of the skull. Anyway, point, point is, the things people endure to obey the Lord, you don't use it against them. But neither are you, do you come to a place where you esteem anything above the heart of God. So what's the heart of God? That you need these 20,000 people. I'm trying to remember the story of Maurice Cerullo. 
I think he might have been in a conference when his son died. I think so. Can't remember too well. But one of his sons um, had been on drugs, but he overcame it. But he, it had weakened his heart, it said. And uh, you know, he used to hide. While his father was a pastor, he had to be taking drugs. It was just bad, sad. And, uh, but it is what it is. And the day came when long after he had been, his life had changed. He, it was sad. But it happened. All right. So I'm trying to say that I think he was at a program. Let me see. Son build me an army. That's his autobiography. Teresa and I We're in bed in the morning after the meeting in London. The phone rang beside my head. I picked it. My daughter was sobbing heavily. Dad, Mark's heart gave out. He passed away. He didn't register. She was talking about my youngest son. He was 36. And he had just managed to turn his life around for what seemed to be for good. Yeah. So. They weren't at home. Of course, the son, they are separated. They were in the same place. But again, sometimes God does these things to Allah. All right. But can I add something? Do you know that God is close to those that have broken hearts more than normal, normal people? Sometimes the most powerful things happen when people are broken. It's just what happens. So sometimes the things we think are so, so bad. God is like, are you sure? Paul is arrested in Philippi, locked up. Yes? Beaten. Before he left that town, who are we sure that God saved? The one we are sure. They gave us his... The Philippian jailer and his family, God saved and baptized. We are not saying others didn't, but we are sure of this one. Huh? Do you suspect that? Jailor might have ended up as an elder, a pastor, a leader in the church and all that. In God's mind, if God says, well, I brought you here to raise a leader for the Philippian church. Uh, beatings will be involved, but you survive. Did he survive? Yeah. Did they leave behind a church? Have you read the book of Philippians? Uh, whatever they left behind, that's the group of people that arose from that visit. They are the ones the book of Philippians was written to. So go and read it without understanding. I'm like, how could God allow them to be to seven? What's that? Eh? My God can never allow. Are you sure? Because of what he wanted to bring out. And the enemy will fight. He fought. But did he win? You don't win by the physical. You win by the spiritual. If Paul betrayed God, then he would have been defeated. But God's will was done. Do you understand? 
Praise God. I hope you have no other questions. I hope that microphone is not floating around anymore. We are going to pray just briefly. The Bible study. Please, uh, whoever my friend is here, anything I didn't answer, send it. I've told you the first one what to do. Send me your thoughts. The one about sin within and without. Sexual immorality. The Bible says clearly in First Corinthians chapter 6 that every other sin which a man commits is within, uh, outside the body. But the sin of immorality is within the body. Okay? So when Jesus said, out, like, your question shows you barely ever, you've not listened to me. So you need to go and get my messages and listen to where I talk about sin and how it works. Even some months ago, I did again. Then there's a message. What's that message called? It has to do with that Romans 6 message that talks about how sin takes over your body parts and tries to tell you what to do. Ask them. They'll find it for you. Ask the technical people. Ask online or however you ask. And uh, I hope you know the message I'm talking about. Good. So there's a message that I really took time to explain the workings of sin. High works. Sexual immorality does the two. It's inside and outside. Most of the others are inside only. This one is inside and outside. And God doesn't want. Because sexual immorality can have you tainted physically. Okay? Physically tainted. Like, it's not just that, ah, your spirit is defiled. It is that your body can be defiled too. And you become a person who, when did that, just last week, you have disease in you. It's tampering with your flesh. It's not just, oh, my spirit, God, forgive me, cleanse my heart. No, now you have a body to deal with. And that's the danger of sexual immorality. Doesn't, doesn't harm you on one level. You have a spirit, soul, and body. One may get defiled. Two may get defiled. Three may get. You, you don't want any defilement, but at the very most, don't allow it to go into the two. Is this okay? Like us to stand to our feet. We just have two, three minutes. Um, let's pray quickly. The first prayer point is to thank God for the things you've learned. And the opportunity to learn at all from the scriptures is a blessing. Thank God. Father, we thank you for the things we've learned, for grace to hear you, to learn and to do what we need to do. Blessed be your name. I give you praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for light. Thank you for speaking to us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Now, let's get quite fast. Every prayer point, just 30 seconds, pray quickly. But mean it. Focus. He said, don't boast about three things. Wisdom, earthly wisdom. Earthly. What else? Strength. And finally, weak riches. We look at the book of uh, uh, Revelations 2. He told the church, he said, I know your poverty. And then he said, but you are rich. <laughs> yeah. Then there's this other church that said, we are very rich. He said, you are wretched. 
So his judgments are different. Now that's on the spiritual level. Doesn't mean God may not give you wealth. But like I read there, you weren't given wealth for you to have wealth. You are allowed to take from the wealth you've been given. But the wealth was given for others. You're just the ox that treads out the wealth. Because having wealth is a ministry. Is a diaconia of Romans 12. The ministry of giving. Acts 2 tells you all those who had asked for also sold what they have and gave. Jesus said it in Luke 12. Sell what you have and give to the poor. He gave them instructions, especially at that time, on how to live. And I told you before, imagine anyone that didn't obey Jesus, that had not sold what they had. Jesus knew that that generation would not pass before Jerusalem was destroyed. He knew before all these things came to pass. He knew that Jerusalem would be destroyed and Jews would be sold into captivity. So what was the use of having land? Even though it had been passed down for 1,000 years, you wouldn't, there wouldn't be any passing down for their generation. So it wasn't just a general word, a general instruction, okay, uh, you should do this and that. No, it was a specific instruction to that generation of believers that, hey, Sell what you have, give to the poor. Doesn't mean you should go now and sell everything you have. No. It means that specifically for that generation, keeping things was ridiculous. Now some people ask, yes, me too. If God tells me like that when it's near to trouble, I'll sell it. Question, will you? If you don't have a habit of obeying God now, you don't give when he says give all that. I can assure you, when Ukraine is about to be bombed, you will not sell anything. Because you don't know. And even if you know, you will not be able to. You are not used to obeying. You are not used to just doing what God says. You hold on to material things. Material things have a grip on you. I want you to pray that God should deliver you from every boost you have had. All of you that, again, it's so unfortunate because it's in church that people are taught these things. Now, when will a Christian be able to say confidently, I own a 5 billion naira business. When? All that rubbish. If you like, keep listening to trash like that. You see the trouble it will put you. When God stands in front of you, you explain why you went along with that way of belief. He will ask you if you didn't read Jeremiah 9. He said, don't boast about such things. That's not a boast. Boast that you know God. That you understand God. And if you understand God, you will know you won't heap up riches. James 5. Say what to you. You stored up riches in the last day. The last days of Jerusalem had come. And people had land. That land they sold, the people in the church sold. Did they sell it to someone? The people that bought it, what now happened? So who lost? Your boast must not be in your acquisitions. You shouldn't even want to. You should be a spirit-led person. So God can tell you, buy this, you buy it. Buy that, you buy it. You have some money. Okay, save it in Okay. Then when God says, give it away, give it away. Sell this one, sell. Just do whatever God says. Live a life that obeys God. And you will be able to boost that. I know God's mercy. I know God's justice. I know how to do what is right according to the instructions of God. Pray about this. Father, I want to swap my allegiance. Lord, I want to swap my allegiance. I want to go from this to this. Lord, I do not want to be found 
boasting about the things the people of the world boast about. I want to boast about your character. I want to be a picture of your character. My goal is to be demonstrating the character of the Most High God. This is my desire. This is my will. This is what I want. Mighty Father, ask God to change your mind, give you a proper thinking, proper thinking brain, spiritual mind, a mind that focuses on what matters. Tell the Lord, I want to know you. Displace intimacy with money and human wisdom. And I want your righteousness. I want your mercy. Ask God to fill you with his righteousness, mercy, and justice. I want to be full of you. In all my getting, you said I should understand this. Understanding, understanding, understanding. Let my focus be right. Let my... Assessment be accurate. Let me live for you. Blessed be your name. Thank you. In the name of Jesus we pray. Lift your hands. Let me pray for you. Father, I'm asking for every single one of us. Whose desire is to substitute the spiritual in the place of the physical that was formerly apostles. I ask that you answer their prayers. Your word says if we ask anything according to your will, you would hear us. So everyone here who sincerely desires to know you above being rich, above everything else, may their prayers be answered. Thank you, good God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. All right, have an offering. I'll pray for you. Drop it after we close. Father, I ask that you receive these offerings, even those given during the week. I ask that every offering given, even as these ones learn to practice mercy, mercy, sharing what they have with those that don't have, sharing it with the kingdom of God, as they practice righteousness, doing what is right with what they have, as they practice justice, as they try to bring balance to the unbalance that exists in this earth with what they have as they have striven O oh Lord God to serve faithfully with that which you've given them as they've sought the, as they've sought the kingdom of God and his righteousness I ask that you will replenish them exceedingly O oh God Father yes continually in faithfulness for their faithfulness Lord God faithfully give them and abundance. Let the seasons for reaping come. Prep it, O oh Lord God, for manifestation. Good God. Let the harvest come. You said they should partake. I ask for everyone here that serves in your house. You said they should partake in the harvest. Let them partake. Thank you. 
Put your hands on your children. Teach them to war. And your fingers still fight. Help them have your mind. Running through the night. Lord, let them shine bright. Doing what is right. Children of light. You're the children of light. You won't have seen the light. Now you will stand and fight. Doing what is right. And you're in the sight. Oh, yes. Shaggy out right. In the middle of night. Hallelujah. Father, this is the blessing I pray upon them. Let them shine out bright. Thank you. May your hand be on them. Go with them. May your power emanate. Your glory be far and behind. And let them walk in more authority than they had before. As they replace their pursuits for your desire. For the desire of you. As they make you their delight. Give them understanding like never before. Thank you. Amen. We pray you receive eyes to see, ears to hear, and an understanding heart. Remember, test all things and hold fast to what is good. For more information, visit our website at gods-lighthouse.org.